You are listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. We're talking today about the recent published Courage trial. This is a landmark trial designed to assess the role of percutaneous coronary intervention in the treatment of stabilized coronary artery disease patients and to assess the potential benefit of combined revascularization and aggressive medical therapy in these patients. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Dr. Stephen Nissen, Chairman of the Department of Cardiovascular Medicine at the Cleveland Clinic and President of the American College of Cardiology. Welcome, Dr. Nissen. It's great to be here. Dr. Nissen, for the non-cardiologists listening to the show today, I was wondering if you could give us a little background as to the purpose of the COURAGE trial. Well, I think the investigators were really interested in finding out what benefits intervention, primarily stenting, would produce in an era of optimal, that is, maximum medical therapy. And by that, they meant patients that would be treated with statins to lower LDL cholesterol to very low levels, good blood pressure control, aspirin, and sometimes clopidogrel as antiplatelet agents. And the question was, would stenting add additional benefits, and if so, what benefits would they add? Now, in the design, they powered the trial to ask the question, would stenting in people with stable angina on top of optimal medical therapy reduce morbidity and mortality compared to just optimal medical therapy alone? So what happened? Well, uh, they followed patients. They actually randomized 2,300 patients, which for studies of this kind is actually a pretty large sample size. Most device trials are relatively small. They followed them for an average of 4.6 years. Everybody got optimal medical therapy, and the medical therapy was really very good. They got LDL cholesterols down to fairly low levels. In fact, toward the end of the trial, down around 70 milligrams per deciliter. Blood pressures are well controlled. Patients really got very good treatment. At the end of 4.6 years of mean follow-up, the a risk of death and acute myocardial infarction was virtually identical in the group that got stenting plus medical therapy versus medical therapy alone. Now, the other endpoint, which was not the primary endpoint, but that was followed very closely, was relief of angina. At the end of a year, 66% of the patients that were randomized to intervention were free of angina. But 58% of the patients that got medical therapy alone were free of angina. So there was a benefit, it was statistically significant, but it was fairly modest in terms of, of enhanced relief from symptoms in the group randomized angioplasty. By the end of five years, those differences had, were gone completely. Virtually exactly the same number of patients, about three quarters, were completely free of angina in both groups, both the stent group and the group that just got medical therapy. So some of the medical media has quoted you as saying that this study was a blockbuster. What did you mean by that? By the way, I said that before I heard the results. I felt it was important either way. And let's think about what it means. Well, if, imagine if the group that got stenting had a reduction in morbidity and mortality. That would be very profound, and it would tell us that when we identify stenoses and stable angina, that we should treat those with stents, to prolong life or to prevent infarction. Uh, that wasn't what the study showed. On the other hand, if there was no benefit, no statistically significant benefit, in this case, no benefit at all, then it tells us that we don't have to rush ahead and put stents in patients with stable angina who have obstructive coronary disease. 
we can actually attempt medical therapy and that a significant portion of those patients are going to become pain-free. Of course, if they become symptom-free, it obviates the need to go ahead and do a stent, and it allows patients to have you know, the same longevity, the same freedom from infarction, the same pain relief, but without undergoing a, a procedure that has itself some risk, as we've all know, we all know. There were some other interventionalists that, that came out and said that the COURAGE trial was rigged to fail. Can you tell us what they meant and if you agree with that? Primarily, that kind of message was really coming from a very narrow group of people who are heavily invested personally and financially in the, in the outcome of the trial. And so, you know, I didn't take that particular comment very seriously. There are thoughtful interventionalists that have pointed out some flaws in the design of the trial. Some very good people, very thoughtful people, who have suggested that there are issues. And let me see if I can articulate what some of those issues are. First of all, a patient's received bare metal stents, not drug-eluting stents. And one of the arguments, you know, has been that there may be superior outcomes with drug-eluting stents. Now, that's not proven, but that certainly is a potential hypothesis. The other is that there was a, at least a reasonable crossover rate. That is, some of the patients that were initially randomized to medical therapy did in fact fail medical therapy and subsequently went on and actually had an intervention. And I think that point is, is certainly well taken also. Some interventionalists said, hey, we never really thought that stenting would reduce morbidity and mortality. That was never an issue. We do it primarily to relieve angina. And so they felt that the study had kind of set up the morbid, morbidity and mortality endpoint as a, as a straw man that was probably not the, the endpoint that was the optimal endpoint to study. And those are all, I think, reasonable points. Most of us who kind of tread the middle ground here would say, yeah, those things are all true, but l let's think about it from the perspective of a patient. You can say to a patient, if you want a stent, it'll probably relieve your angina to a somewhat greater extent than if we give you medicines. But you might become pain-free on medicines. And if you decide to delay, you're not putting yourself at high risk for death or heart attack, that you can make this decision later, and you're still not going to have a hazard by delaying going ahead and having an angioplasty done. And so in that sense, I think the patient becomes the winner because the patient now can have two good choices, not just one. You're listening to Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm with Dr. Stephen Nissen, chairman of the Department of Cardiovascular Medicine at the Cleveland Clinic and president of the American College of Cardiology. Dr. Nissen, the Society for Cardiovascular Angiography and Interventions issued a press release saying that it was really unlikely that the study results from the COURAGE trial would alter how we treat chronic stable angina, which I find utterly amazing. Again, uh, you know, it all depends on the perspective you're looking at the trial. You know, is the glass half full or half empty? Do I think it's going to revolutionize what we do? No. And let me tell you why it won't be, why it doesn't just completely change everything. Many patients undergo coronary intervention for unstable symptoms, and the study didn't include those people. If you come in with an acute coronary syndrome or an acute MI, 
everybody agrees you need to go to the cath lab promptly and that intervening you know with a stent is a life prolonging a life preserving intervention sure now what percent of those patients what, what, that's been uh, disputed dr bowden in his article suggested that the results of courage would apply to about 85% of patients. I actually think that's too high. I think more like 40 or 50% of patients receiving intervention today are receiving intervention for stable rather than unstable angina. And of that group, some of them really have a lot of symptoms that are interfering with their lifestyle. And a patient says to me, you know, Dr. Nissen, I really can't function, I can't work because I'm getting angina, then I recommend that they go ahead and have an intervention done. So what we're really talking about is those people that have tolerable symptoms where delaying to give medicine a chance to work is reasonable. And that's some portion of the patient population. I think we'll see a contraction, a modest contraction, in the number of patients undergoing stenting. I don't think we'll see it fall in half, but it might fall by 10 or 20%. And that would reflect people applying this knowledge in daily practice and giving medicines a chance to work for those people in whom they are going to work. So have you made any changes in your practice, or has the clinic made any new policies? Like every study, everybody ends up factoring their own personal experience and their own views into this. I certainly have changed what I would say to patients. And, you know, giving patients that choice and explaining what benefits they should anticipate from stenting and what benefits they should not anticipate lets patients make a very good informed choice. I think referring physicians may also consider these. If you're a generalist, if you're a general internist and your patient develops angina, uh, you know, some internists may say, gee, before I rush ahead here, you know, you know, Maybe we ought to give this patient a trial of medical therapy. And let me tell you what's going to ch- what I hope will change the most. There w- was a group of, of advocates that were pushing the notion of prophylactic stenting. There are people saying, well, maybe we should start stenting 30 and 40 percent obstructions because if we do that, we can protect the patient from having those plaques rupture and cause a myocardial infarction. I always thought that that was you know, unproven and unwise. Courage really tells us that that's not a prudent thing to do. And that was driving some of the accelerating growth in the use of stents was this idea, some people call it plaque sealing, and it's just not the right thing to do, and I think Courage tells us that. I remember I was at a meeting a year ago that you presented at at, uh, the CRT meetings in Washington, D.C., and you kind of walked into the lion's den, a room filled with interventionalists and basically said to them, it doesn't matter where you put your stents because this is a systemic disease and you're going to eventually rupture a vulnerable plaque somewhere else in the arterial tree. You raise a very good point, and thank you for that. This is a message that I've been trying to deliver for a long time, and I want our listeners to understand this well, that what we understand happens with coronary disease is with the appearance of the first luminal irregularity in the coronaries. Something like 85% of all other sites are atherosclerotic. And the plaques you have to worry about are all of those other plaques, so that when you put a stent in the coronary, you're covering one or 2% 
of the potentially vulnerable plaque in the vessel. And so it didn't really surprise me very much that that wasn't going to have an effect on morbidity and mortality. Although I do think that despite everybody's protestations, there were certainly plenty of people surprised that there wasn't at least some benefit from putting stents in those arteries. So it's all that plaque that's systemic that you treat when you give optimal medical therapy. And we must not forget that we're always dealing, no matter what the angiogram looks like, that we're always dealing with a systemic disease, and that's why optimal medical therapy is the core of the treatment of patients with obstructive coronary. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Stephen Nissen, who joined us today to discuss the implications of the COURAGE trial. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.